Welcome to Sugar, We're Going Down Podcasting, a Fallout Boy podcast where we go track by random S track until we die. My name is Caitlin, and joining me until we die is Joe. Hello, my name is Joe, and I, I, I've just been wondering, Caitlin, where did the party go? Where did it go? What's the deal with parties? Where are they going? Where did they go? Where did they go? Well, Joe, I'd like to tell you a little bit about social distancing. <laughs> I realized halfway through that joke that it had one logical conclusion that I did <laughs> not prepare for when I started it. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. We are returning to save rock and roll. I feel like it's been a while. I don't know if that's it's true. Been a minute for sure. Because much like uh, time is completely fucked, this podcast is susceptible to that. I have no idea how long ago anything was. Um, it doesn't help that we sometimes record episodes out of order. Mm-hmm. But hey, I made a schedule once, and for some reason I won't change it. Uh, but we're back to save rock and roll. This is, I'm scrolling, track four, titled Where Did the Party Go? But it's part seven of the movie. Oh boy, is it. Uh, this one, I <laughs> we're going to get to the video, but it has a very funny beginning, because we do not have context for what happened immediately before it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh, track four. I was gonna say we've done the first four tracks, but we haven't done the Phoenix yet. Um, the have Phoenix. We really not. No. Uh, wild. We have a we have a potential guest for the Phoenix, but it's like a while down the line still. But we have done. Uh, do we do alone together? I feel like we've I done alone so. together, but I don't know if we have. That's track three. Anyways, this is uh, where did the party go? Comes after alone together. Comes before just one yesterday. I think. Maybe it caught me at like a particularly good time, a good mood. But I, by the end of listening to it, you know, before recording this, I thought, is this my favorite song on this record? <laughs> it's definitely one of mine. I feel like I, I kind of uh, relegated this whole record to, eh, it's all fine. The, the mix, the style they went for, for that record just isn't for me. I'm not discrediting it. I just know my taste. And then this somehow snuck through that. I was like, wait, I think this song's really good, which is wild um, to have that experience now. Uh, so, so far, like so far after deciding that I did not like this record very much. <laughs> I also think the video is like kind of good um, as, as much as one of these videos can be. But yeah, where did the party go? How do you feel about it, Caitlin? I really like it. It's definitely one of my favorites off of this album. Um, I've always thought it was pretty much a bop. It is a bop. I this is one I've definitely heard in the car a lot when I was in high school. My obviously now ex girlfriend would uh would would loved this record. I don't know if that contributes to my initial dislike of it. It's possible. I'll be honest, but uh, <laughs> I remember hearing this song a lot and thinking like. Eh, this isn't really one of the better songs on the record. Because I, I do remember really only caring about, um, fuck, uh, the second track. Mine's songs, No Eat in the Dark. Mm-hmm. And the Phoenix, I thought were bangers. And this one, this one was like a sleeper agent. This one woke up now in 2020. <laughs> Every time we do this album, I feel like I remember that I like more of this album. <laughs> I, think, I think we've had a bad role with uh, the songs we have done. Because I, I mean, like, I, I stand by uh, the things we've said about the title track and the Mighty Fall. Young Volcanoes is fine for what it is. Uh, but I don't even remember, I don't remember if we said anything about Death Valley. But, like, 
the thing is we haven't done the Phoenix and we're just now doing this song, which are like some prob- my, my favorite songs probably off of it. Yeah, I like this. I like the one with foxes on it. Is that just one yesterday? I think so. I like Rat-a-tat-tat. I like Miss Missing You. Yeah, I think the only ones I don't really like are like the ones that were the really big singles. Oh yeah, I forgot we did Miss Missing You. That song, um, that song's pretty okay. I like I think, it. I think, um, I think just in the in the realm of Fall Out Boy songs, it ends up middle to bottom of the list just kind of by virtue of me liking so many other songs more. I don't dislike Miss Missing You. I think it's very solid. But I remember that episode being like, huh, didn't expect to have genuine emotions today. Wild. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How the turntables have turned. Yes, I, I've been completely table turned. I, I'm realizing now we're recording this episode uh, on the seventh anniversary of this record. It came out on April 12th. <laughs> oh, wow, really? In, in 2013. I think that's, I might be bad at math, but I think that's seven years. But I, I just was like, wait a minute, was this a single on April 12th? No, this is the whole record. How did we accidentally pull this off? But uh, interestingly enough, I learned today that this was the first song that they banged out for the record, like when they were getting back together. Um, this was like a product of the band getting together and like writing a full song and making it happen for real. And I think that com- like recolors my reading of the title <laughs> entirely. Yeah, that makes sense. Whether that was inten- hmm. like intentional of, of like what they were writing or not. I mean, they're a band that has frequently written about their own career <laughs> in a weird meta-textual way. Yeah. Well, and like, especially like reading that article, too, that Patrick wrote. It's, it's like, oh, I get it. Yeah, 100%. There's, um, there's a lot of context I, I, we learned today uh include there's there's an article that patrick wrote on his website and it is also referenced in another source article oh no uh source isn't the name of the publication it's just a rolling stone article uh that like references that like that piece came out that patrick wrote which apparently he doesn't look back on fondly he was just like oh yeah i'm not really great at writing um and that's why he took it down since then and basically in that piece he talks about like how difficult their touring career was when people vocally did not like Folly Ado. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, that record, that record already kind of came out of like a rough spot. Um, but for that to like compound in that way and lead to the, the breakup and then um, for them to, you know, I think that makes this song interesting as like the, the central catalyst to, okay, yeah, we can be a band again. We can make, we can make this work again because I like kind of wanted to, um, and it just didn't really happen because Soul Punk, Soul Punk was happening. P- Pete was doing his stuff. I mean, they were all doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how. I actually, this podcast has been going on so long that I genuinely have no idea what we have and haven't discussed <laughs> in terms of. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think we've talked a little bit about what they did in between on the on the Soul Punk episode, maybe. Maybe that's like uh, maybe the the biggest side effect of us doing it by shuffle is I don't know if we've brought up the context every time it's been relevant or just like once or twice, but I guess it's, I mean, it's relevant now that like, uh, I, I miss, I think Joe was, I think the hiatus was when Joe joined the damned things. If that's the, I think that's the band he's in. 
I think so. Also, I think Andy's also in that band. Don't. I could Google it. But, yeah, they're all doing their stuff. Pete put out a mixtape thing with, what is it, Black Cards, I think is the name of that project. Yeah, I think I think we've talked a little bit about Black Cards, and we did the one Soul Punk episode. Yeah, it's it's interesting that, like, this song, titled Where Did the Party Go, is, like, born out of them trying to be an, a new band again, not just, like, they, they, they quote in that uh, Rolling Stone article, we don't want to just be, like, a a legacy band they're not doing a victory lap for nostalgia's sake they are you know they are a band now mm-hmm. and there's obviously a lot of imagery in these videos too of them literally burning all of their old shit i think that puts a lens on this song that makes it more interesting to me than it was initially yeah i think that other context definitely helps me a lot i think yeah i think we'll get into it with uh as we get further into the lyrics. But the intro is just them saying na 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 a bunch. Mm-hmm. Which, um, how many years was this after uh Killjoys? Or Danger Days, I, I should say. No oh, wow, I can't believe I've Googled the phrase Danger Days Gerard before. It's a very specific uh hair color that I care about a lot. Um this record <laughs> came out in twenty ten, so this is three years after Nah, nah, nah. Which is, for me, a cultural reset point was My Chemical Romance releasing nah, 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 in parentheses, nah, 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 nah. Obviously, every song that references, uh, or, or every song that has nah, nah, nah since then is a reference back to My Chemical Romance. Um, I don't make the rules, I just observe them. Anyways, that's the intro to this song, and I will now read verse one, which says... I'm here to collect your hearts. It's the only reason that I sing. I don't believe a word you say, but I can't stop listening. This is the story of how they met. Her picture was on the back of a pack of cigarettes. And when she touched him, he turned ruby red. A story that they'll never forget. Never forget. There is a very noticeable shift in the middle of that verse of what the fuck it's talking about. Mm -hmm. There's also a sonic shift. 
which I, I think helps it be not so jarring that the, the, the music and the vocal melody changes. But those first four lines, I think, are very telling <laughs> of a lot of, like, of the band. Yeah. I... I'm intrigued by the. I clicked on the annotation for the. Her picture was on the back of a pack of cigarettes, and I never like made the connection with the Surgeon General warning or whatever. And that makes that make so much more sense to me because I always thought of it as like a weird like Pete Wentz trying to be edgy version of a girl on the back of a milk carton. I was also thinking about milk cartons, and I was like, I didn't know they did that on cigarettes. Surely they don't. Yeah, but this makes a lot more sense. Although I will say the metaphor is a little uh. It's it's a it's, it's stretch. It's not the best. It's a stretch um to 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 refer to a like a relationship as like addictive and bad for you. Like that's that's the reading I get now that I contextualize it that way. Yeah, or that like like her picture was on the the back of a pack of cigarettes like there was a warning that he didn't listen. Mm. I think yeah, I could see that. It's it's yeah, it's pretty fucking obscured from that intent if that's mm-hmm. what it's going for this, there's an annotation here suggesting that the that red is uh ruby red is a pun from cigarettes not sure if i follow but yeah i also don't get that but uh yeah so that's an interesting shift there in in the first verse that is like clearly talking about like this artist listener relationship again so interesting that like that yeah, we we wrote our first song back together as a band and it's about i only sing to collect hearts mm-hmm. you know like the the that's the that's the shit they used to do and then it switches up into a story of how they met but who is the they and then it's a it's a Oomst. it's a her and a him mm-hmm. you hate to see it yep straights are at it again but yeah may, maybe the rest of the song will give us further context I say, putting on clown makeup. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so the pre-chorus says, And all the boys are smoking menthols. Girls are getting back rubs. I will drift to you if you make yourself shake fast enough. My old aches become new again. My old friends become exes again. I don't know what the first line is necessarily getting at. With I always assumed it was like a weird party. Maybe, but that's just because that's just because of the song. I mean, yeah, I I suppose if it's trying to like depict some sort of party thing with boys smoking and girls getting back rubs, which I don't know, sounds like a pretty decent party to be completely honest. And I I really like the lines, the last two lines: "My old aches become new again, my old friends become exes again," which I also think is very poignant for these four people getting in this band again in terms of like how. Like, I mean, I, I especially Pete, uh, like the way that like his relationships have been depicted throughout these songs and certain details of his life have been kind of immortalized in songs. Just like, yeah, old things be like old aches becoming new again and then old friends becoming exes again, like that perspective shifting back to where it was before, I think is interesting. I like the lyric. I will drift to you if you make yourself shake fast enough. But I would like you to read the annotation on Genius.com. Please don't sponsor us. Okay. Because it's, 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 it's a hell of a galaxy for intake. All right. It says, this is a play on the law of vibration, sometimes called the law of attraction. All matter in the universe is constantly vibrating, shaking in parentheses, at various frequencies. The greater the frequency of vibration of an object, the stronger its force 
Joe, is this is this annotation meaning to say that Patrick Stump did in fact create the vibe check? Fuck. <laughs> I think you might be right. We might have found the source of vibe checking. See, for me, what I I I think it's like the lines like I I will drift to you if you make yourself shake fast enough. It's like, all right, cool. They're dancing. Maybe it's a party. Uh, hips and hearts. That shit. And I just love the annotations. Like, well, the love vibration says if you vibrate fast enough, you 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 create a force <laughs> if you of attraction. Vibe hard enough. Yeah, you do have to adjust the frequency of your vibe specifically. Fuck, I do think we found the origin of the vibe check. 2013. We've done it, everybody. The podcast can finally end. Thank God. So that's the pre-chorus. I think that's good. I think the Patrick's delivery on it is is really what sells it for me. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a song where his voice is extremely uh in his element. Um in terms especially like with them adjusting to like this poppier post hiatus aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I had to think about it for a second, but <laughs> I was like, do I agree with that? It was like, I do. Gotta do your own vibe check. I had to vibe check myself. Gotta vibe check yourself before you vibe uh, track yourself. God damn it. The chorus is next, and it says, whoa, where did the party go? We're ending it on the phone. I thought it was we, we were, but I guess it's we're just kind of stretched out. Yeah. We're ending it on the phone. I'm not going to go home alone. Whoa. Where did the party go? Yeah. Just like that. I did it perfectly. I don't know what you're talking about. Where did the party go? I don't know. Something. Cotton Eye Joe. Fuck. Where did the party come from? Where did the party go? Where did it come from, my dear friend Joe? <laughs> <laughs> One of life's greatest questions. And I'm so glad that we finally have a boy band brave enough to ask it. God bless. I hope one day we find out, where is your boy tonight and where did the party go? The the greatest questions of our generation. Mm-hmm. Get Scooby-Doo on the case. Please. Uh, it's Mystery Inc., Joe. Fuck. <laughs> I... It, was was that new Scooby Doo movie delayed, or is that going to come to digital? I really wanted to see that shit. I wanted to see it too. Ugh! Whenever it comes out, uh, FOB cast movie night. Yeah. I, I, I was trying shit. to think if they had been has follow up been in a Scooby Doo episode because I think they would fit in perfectly. Yeah, I think they would be great. I'm honestly mad that they weren't on the um the episode of Scooby Doo Mystery Inc. that the Hex Girls were on. Fuck! That sounds like a good thing. I right. God, I love the Hex Girls. I don't remember which movie they were in, but I remember it being such a. They're in the Witch's Ghost. Ugh. That was when I knew that I was gay. <laughs> Same. Ugh. Anyways, I love Scooby Doo movies. I do think like they've had so many like WWE crossovers. I do feel like Fall Out Boy would fit in. Like they had the Supernatural episodes. Oh, yeah, no, it would be very on brand. Extremely. But I I mean, they were in Teen Titans Go. They were. Just not the same. Anyways, um, I think it's I think it's your turn. I've already forgotten. Uh, Yes, it is my turn. Uh, Verse two says, I know I expect too much and not enough all at once. Damn mood. Yeah, big fucking mood. Um, You know, I only wanted fun 
and you got me all fucked up on love. Damn, Damn mood! <laughs> I looked for your name on the Ouija board, and your naked magic, oh dear lord. You and me are the difference between real love and the love on TV. Love on TV. I don't like that this verse is a personal attack. <laughs> it came for me. It came for both of us. Uh, it was like, hmm, what if I just grabbed you by the fucking throat? Damn. This this is uh this is a, this song was a time capsule designed as a sleeper agent to awaken seven years later and fucking drag me <laughs> in the dirt. <laughs> I like I like all of it. Like I really don't have anything specifically to call out um or extrapolate on because it's pretty straightforward and I relate to too much of it. Except for maybe I don't know about naked magic. I don't know what the what that means. I think it's just I think it's just horny. I think it's it might just, just it like, might, when we fuck it's a good time. It might it might just be horny. Oh dear lord. That's the only line like everything else feels so intentional and that like and your naked magic oh dear lord feels like they just needed another line. Mhm. But it's fine it works. I mean, I guess I kind of get it cuz it's like it's the thing of like I know I expected too much and not enough and then like you know I only wanted fun but now I have feelings. And I I like I get the intention. It's weird like with the Ouija board thing. I think they were trying to be like, "Ooh, Ouija board magic." But it's not great. <laughs> I think it it passes over quickly and it lands. Um, I still think this verse is really good. And also Patrick's delivery on Oh Dear Lord completely salvages. Like, I don't give a shit what he's saying when he's doing that voice kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I like, uh, like, it's not like the last line of the song is like, it, it still uh, like lands really strongly with uh, uh, you and me are the difference between real love and the love on TV. Yeah. Which I think is a uh like a, a valuable meta commentary just like i'm saying too many words that this song doesn't deserve but like i think that song is like <laughs> I, I think that lyric is like valuable in this context of pete went or the band using it at this point in their career yeah if that makes sense yeah i like it as both like you could read it just like as straight up being about like this pretend relationship that the speaker's kind of talking about which is like a mood in and of itself of like no this is like what love actually is like and that can be really hard and not perfect and pretty like on tv but then also there's the extra layer of like this being kind of their thoughts on coming back and dealing with post folly ado and being like hey if you're still here it's because you love us for real and like Mm -hmm. that shit ain't gonna be pretty all the time well i also think there's a reading of that with like 
you know, if, if this song isn't, um, which I think most of the song is about like a romantic relationship. I also do think there's a reading of at least that line that is uh, like many songs they've written really just about <laughs> the relationship between the band. I, and I, what well, well, makes, I, I, the, the, in, the interesting thing about this line for me is the wording of it. It's not the like, like, like you and me are the difference between like so, something about that is like, it's like a nesting doll of propositional phrases. Yeah, it's a little funky. I, I I like it, and I like the the way it allows for multiple different readings of whatever the fuck they really mean. I like it. I like it too. I, I this is maybe the most positive I've been on a song on this record. <laughs> um, although I don't remember what I said about my songs. No, you did in the dark. Because I do like that song. Anyways, the pre-chorus plays again. It is the same. More old friends become an exes. The chorus plays again. Na 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 na. And then we get to the bridge, which I will now read. It says, We were the kids who screamed. We weren't the same in sweaty rooms. Now we're doomed to organizing walk-in closets like tombs. Silent film stars stuck in talking cinema life. So let's fade away together. One dream at a time. Uh, no, 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 yeah, there it goes. Um, and then the chorus plays again, a shit ton of more Nas, and then the song's over. Just so many Nas, bro. So many of them. This bridge is, I mean, super straightforward um, in terms of talking about, like, that that looking back, that change over time that they've gone with. I really like the line, silent film stars stuck in talking cinema life. Just like, mm-hmm. the, just like the, the creative language is so different now. We were so good at what we did before, and now none of that matters. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely like the two, like... Them allu- this is like a film reference that I actually like from Pete of him saying, like, you know, like the silent film stars had it fucking rough when they went and like we're kind of dealing with that to you now. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that you even call it a movie reference because I don't think of it as like Pete writing a lyric about a scene in Amadeus that he really liked. It's like 
I am I am using it as a greater metaphor of art's evolution and how being a a creative person as your your medium evolves drastically can be maybe too strong a word but disenfranchising because mm-hmm. it's like I the the entire creative landscape and language is different. Yeah. That makes sense. Cuz they were gone like 3 4 they years. They were gone for a while. Which I th- don't think is that long in the scale of pop music but even just like yeah like they were kind of at the end of uh the the scene they were in's rope in 2009 and then by 2012 2013 top 40s different top 40s is drastically different mm-hmm. and even watching their career from you know the last seven years that they've been back together uh like their evolution from this record to mania is similarly just like they are just rolling down that that the, the hill of just like, yep, we're going to grab something new and take it in and suck it up and just keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything else. It's just it's just true. Uh, and yeah, good song. I I kind of just forgot about it. And uh, I, it was a very pleasant surprise listening to it uh, for this episode and learning a bunch of additional context I didn't know. Yeah, I definitely like that. I like this song. I like a lot of Save Rock and Roll, yeah, despite it being very flawed. You're uh, you're more warm on it than I am, which is valid. I am, for sure. It, most of it, for me, is down to taste, not anything that I'm particularly critical of. But, yeah, that, that's the song. And I, I think we can start talking about the video now. E. Which is, uh, of course, we're talking about the Youngblood Chronicles. Uh, Caitlin has only seen the ones that we've done for mm-hmm. the podcast and uh they've we we've created our own third order not not album order not story order this is Caitlin order um which is just whatever Spotify hands us uh I don't know I'd have to actually look up to see which ones we've done but I know that we have not done the one immediately before this which makes yeah because i have like literally when this started i was like nope no idea yeah i mean it starts off with foxes with like blacked out eyes (laughs) so at the gate that's that's fucking weird why is she in this this isn't even the song she's on no i i think just one yesterday is part six of the story i so i think this is literally just where the last video left off Uh... because she's driving a truck patrick is in the passenger seat but he's like norded and her eyes are black. Um, so whatever yeah, her eyes are like all black. So whatever happened in the last, last video couldn't have been that good. I'm being facetious. I know what happened. I don't, but it seems bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Patrick's norded now and the rest of the band is in the back of the pickup truck and Patrick, uh, wants to kill them and he chases them into a hospital and then the song starts. Yeah. How do you, I mean, how do you feel about the video? Um, it's fine. Um, there are parts of it, like, I kind of like what it seems to be aiming to do in the narrative, but then they do the weird, like, sexy nurse bit, and I'm like, you've lost me. The sexy nurse bit is very funny to me, <laughs> because just, just like, yeah, we put a a sexy nurse on top of Patrick Stump of, like, a, a, a man who at least in the public sphere, does not seem to be very horny. So it's just mm-hmm. like, that's just like a weird layer that I'm like, 
yeah. an extra layer of absurdity whether they intended it or well, not. And I didn't really get what the point of it was because, like, I know that, like, they're know. trying to hide, they're hiding from him, but she's, like, distracting him with that. Also, it kind of seemed like it was maybe a hallucination. My reading of this video. I don't know what video, was real, which... Joe. I don't know what was real in this video. <laughs> uh, got too many fake what friends. What was canon? I, my, and I, I, this is wild that this video is deep enough for us to have this conversation but my interpretation of the video is that the real patrick like patrick's consciousness is experiencing this weird trippy thing so whenever we see the rooms that are like lit purple or whatever and like there's a bunch of other people in the room and then we cut back to the actual hospital that's like normally lit patrick is alone and he's searching for the other members of fallout boy to kill them um, I think I think what we see in the in the in the technicolor trippy dreamscape is his consciousness being trapped in this weird music induced psychotropic uh, cage because that's that's like like the real Patrick is in the lodge and he is he's in his brain and he's taunted by the the sexy nurse. And uh, the dancing old man, I don't know, a bunch of shit happens. And then there's the, Patrick's body is kind of on this, like, no thoughts, head empty, gonna kill Joe Troman vibe. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we see the rest of the band, like, trying to hide, uh, or Andy nurses his wound and screams because he's very bad at it. And, I mean, yeah, he Patrick Stump's norded corpse uh, successfully kills Joe Troman. And then at the end, he, like, seems to come to and see what he has done. And he's very upset about it. And Joe, or uh, Patrick, not, fuck, I don't know any of these boys' names. Andy <laughs> and Pete are both just like, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you fucking killed Joe Troman. He was our bro. But also, you're our bro, so we feel conflicted. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, there's like a shift where like he seems like he definitely wasn't himself before, but now I think he is. He has a hook for a hand, by the way. Yep. Remember that? Yeah, I think what's interesting about this video for me is that it doesn't really try and progress some otherworldly plot. It's really contained. It's just like, yeah, it's a chase video where Patrick, you know, gets norded and tries to kill the other bandmates. And, it, you know, it's not too much for four minutes. It's not not enough for four minutes. Mm-hmm. And then, he, I mean, he succeeds. He fights Joe Troman and... uh he kills him. He's very dead. That's why he was in hell <laughs> in another video. <laughs> this is such a mess. It's bonkers. But yeah, I think it's fine. I think, yeah, the the weird trippy stuff is out there, whatever. But once I was just like, oh, yeah, this is just what his brain is doing since he's not in control of his body. Um, This is just like a, an assault on the senses. Weird sexy nurse. Weird sexy nurse. Weird sexy nurse. You heard it here first. But yeah, I don't think there's much else to say about the video. There, there's more of that uh, that music sign crossed out. That image is mm-hmm. around the hospital. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, Joe's dead at the end. Yeah, he's super dead. How do you feel about Norted Patrick? It's been a while since we've talked about it. I still like him. Yeah. I still think this whole thing is very fun and ridiculous. It is. I think there are elements of it that have... Uh, not aged well, or were maybe in a misguided taste, like the, oh, all the bad guys are attractive women with high ponytails, mm-hmm. hmm. or the, the maybe a little too close to Third Reich imagery. But for like this stuff, this stuff completely, it's just like, yep, I love this 
campy bullshit. Yeah. Um, what was the... I, yeah, I think it's fun. What was the video where they fought each other in the trailer park? Um... I think that might have been Miss Missing Miss you? Missing You. I think so. That video is fine. But I do think that is the episode. Uh, there will be something on the pairing playlist every week. We put something on there. I don't know uh, what I'll throw up there this week. Maybe something related to parties or uh, the death of Joe Troman. Both, uh, <laughs> but both are, are very written about topics in mm-hmm. in uh in music uh but yeah there'll be something up there you can find a link to the spotify playlist in the show notes or you can search fob cast on the app caitlin yes joe where could people find you on the internet you can find me on twitter.com at cg and eight r's or on my website uppercutcurt.com hell yes you can find me on social media, Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J O, and uh, I'm on a couple other podcasts. Um, what's coming out this week? No, all right. So this is the week. Um, so this uh, the the day after this episode comes out will be uh the not finale but kind of finale of Nervous Rex, my Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast. It's it's our episode covering the ending of the show. We have more podcast to make, but it is our episode on. Uh, episodes 25 and 26 of the television show Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, I really, really liked our conversation on it. Um, this is my, I, I am rewatching the show. This is Chris's first time. Um, but I really liked, uh, what we got into. It's our longest episode. So if you like that anime, I recommend checking out that podcast. Or if you've always, always meant to watch it, um, I still recommend our podcast. Really proud of that show. Yeah. And you can find that on the same network as this at theorangegroves.com. What else? Oh, our Twitter. We have a Twitter. SWGD pod. You can... We, yeah. Sometimes there's shit posts. Sometimes there's... uh some. It's actually been a while since I think we've actually tweeted about a new episode. Yeah, I time has become fake and I have forgotten. Yeah, there's, you know, there's like a couple other things going on right now. It's not a big deal. But, uh... <laughs> follow boys, yeah, a little further down the list of priorities. But, um... We still we had a buff from episodes. <laughs> we're still st- we're still going. Um, this is this is a a nice thing I get to do to hang out with my friend Caitlin and just think about yes. Fallout Boy, which is some, the ultimate treat. Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> little little Fallout Boy as a treat. But yeah, I think that's it. I can't think of anything else to plug. Um, oh, I guess the the Orange Groves Discord server you can join. There's a link to that on the website, theorangegroves.com. Uh, you can. Come chat about this song, this episode, other songs, other shows. Caitlin! Yes, Joe? Is this more than you bargained for yet? No, this was a good bargain. It was a solid deal. Mm-hmm. This was like a good 30-40% off. Yeah. Solid coupon. Was worth getting out mm-hmm. of the house for. Yeah, it wasn't like a steal, but like no. it was it was worth it. Yeah. Good. Um, well, that's the end of this episode. We'll be back next Wednesday with our return to Mania and a return of a, of a guest. Hello, an episode. Uh, we've already <laughs> recorded it, but uh, look forward to that. I sure know I am. But until then, goodbye. Bye.